Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Today is Monday, the 12th of June. I'm Mark Matthews, Head of Research Asia at Bank Julius Baer, and welcome to our weekly Beyond Markets update. Last week, the S&P 500 index rose 0.6% on Thursday, 0.1% on Friday, and although those don't sound like big moves, they have symbolic importance, because that was enough to push the S&P above the 20% mark from the bottom of last year's bear market, which was the close of October 12th. Actually, from the intraday low back then to Friday, the index is now up almost 24%. And that means we are now technically in a bull market. But it's a bull market that's extremely distrusted for a few reasons. First, it goes against economic fundamentals. For example, up until the pandemic, the volume of goods transported by trucks and the S&P 500 index moved closely in tandem with each other. Since then, the S&P has zipped higher, as we all know. In fact, it's even significantly higher than its pre-pandemic trend line. But truck tonnage is still lower than it was pre-pandemic. In fact, in the last two months, it's been falling. It's back to the same level it was in February 2021. Another thing to look at is shipments from the manufacturers of cardboard boxes to their customers. The kind of boxes that you put things in when you want to send them somewhere. Cardboard boxes are historically considered a leading indicator of goods demand. A spike below minus 5% in year-on-year growth can be quite normal within an economic cycle, but May's reading was 10% lower than May last year, and that's a level coincident with recessions in the past. And lastly, China's exports to the rest of the world fell 7.5% in May, reversing two months of growth. The consensus was only looking for a 0.4% decline. In fact, exports from China to the rest of the world are lower than they were in January. Another thing people don't like about this stock market rally is how narrow it's been. From January to May, less than one in four of the S&P 500 stocks has outperformed the S&P index itself. An unprecedented lack of market breadth. We know who the outperformers were, the technology stocks, of course, and their big outperformance seems to have started at the beginning of March when Silvergate Bank liquidated and Silicon Valley Bank failed. That's also when the small caps took a big leg down. The idea is that banks are the heart of an economy, so if the banks aren't healthy, the economy can't be healthy. Small caps tend to be more reliant on debt than large caps, and they tend to be cyclical businesses, more sensitive to the economy. Technology stocks, on the other hand, don't care about banks or the economy. Their share prices are driven by the structural changes technology brings, most recently generative artificial intelligence. By the way, the value of the five mega-cap technology stocks, Google, Apple, Microsoft, Meta, Amazon, and there's a new nickname for them, Gamma. Anyway, the combined market cap of those Gamma stocks relative to the broader market It was in a steady trend higher during the technology bull market of the last decade. Their combined market cap relative to the S&P was 6% in 2013, and by 2020 it had reached 16%. But it was a very slow and orderly linear progression. Then with the pandemic, we got lockdowns, 
stay-at-home mandates, massive stimulus, zero interest rates, and that propelled the combined market cap of those five mega-cap technology stocks relative to the S&P to 27% in 2020. When the pandemic ended, that ratio came all the way back to 16%, and with the recent outperformance of technology so far this year, it's back to 20%. 20% relative to the S&P also happens to be bang in line with that nice, slow and steady linear uptrend that I told you about that started in 2013, which suggests in relative terms that those five mega technology stocks are fairly valued. But bears point out technology's not cheap. In fact, the forward price-to-sales ratio of the S&P Information Technology Index is six and a half times. That's near multi-decade highs. To put it in perspective, the long-term average is just three and a half times. Meanwhile, for the upcoming second quarter results season that kicks off next week, analysts are expecting a 9% year-on-year decline in S&P 500 earnings relative to the second quarter of last year. If true, that would be the biggest decline since the second quarter of 2020, when S&P earnings fell by 32%. So those are the reasons the bears are coming out of the woods again, telling us that a bear market is coming. But bulls would say, look what the analysts expect to happen after that 9% fall in second quarter earnings. And it's true after that, they're looking for earnings to get better in each of the quarters that follow. In fact, for next year, 2024, they're looking for an 11% increase in earnings over 2023. Barron's magazine carried an article over the weekend titled, Don't Fear the Bull Market, Why Stocks Are Headed Higher. It quotes a Mr. Victor Cosell, strategist at Seaport Research Partners in Chicago, as saying, the 2023 EPS recession is known. As the year progresses into the second half, the market will shift to discounting an EPS rebound. It also notes research from Mr. Brian Belsky, the chief investment strategist at Bank of Montreal, that shows when five stocks outperform the S&P by the extent they have in 2023, the S&P in fact goes on to gain 11% over the next 12 months on average. Bulls would also point out that while the classic definition of a bull market is when prices go up 20% or more, there is another definition, and that is when a price makes a new all-time high. Well, the two biggest companies in the S&P are Apple and Microsoft. Apple is now less than a percent away from taking out its previous high in January 2022. Microsoft is 4% away from its high of November 2021. If they break to new all-time highs, that'll be an important sign. Of course, it would raise concerns that the narrowness of this bull market is getting even more narrow. But actually, there seem to be early signs the rally could be broadening out. In the last week, the energy, financials, and transportation indices are all showing signs of life. They've all broken above downtrends that had been in place since November of 2021 and January 22, respectively. And that should allow them to trend higher. And what's interesting is that all three of those are cyclical sectors. Energy, financials, and transports are sensitive to the health of the economy. So if the stock market is a leading indicator for the economy, what is it telling us that these cyclical sectors are breaking out of their downtrends? Well, here we are three days away from the middle of the month, and the S&P is already up 2.9% since the beginning of the month. That's much better than the average return since 1928 of the S&P in June, which is 
It's also much better than the average of the Junes that followed positive returns from January to May. They were up 1.1%. In fact, it's even better than the 2.8% average for the months of June, July, and August in those years when returns from January to May were positive. So maybe the market's gotten a little bit ahead of itself. But to go back to the original observation at the start of this podcast, that the S&P has technically entered a bull market because it's up 20% from its October low. There were 26 bull markets since 1928, as defined by a 20% or more rally that was preceded by a 20% or more decline. 19 of the 26, 3 and 4, had returns of over 30%, in other words, 10% higher than ours so far. In fact, 16 of the 26 had returns from the bottom to the top of over 50%. In other words, 30% more than ours so far. This is Mark Matthews signing off for now. I wish you a great week ahead and we'll speak with you again next week. Goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Bayer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbayer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research please refer to www.juliusbear.com slash legal slash podcast for further important legal information.